podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Whether you seek adventure, search for answers, break down barriers, or see the world for what it can be, you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and on this Monday bulletin we are going old school, it's Paul John Dykes and Kevin Graham. Kevin, we did this four and a half years ago in the kitchen table and we're going to do it all again. The technology's changed a wee bit though. Definitely, the technology hasn't half changed in May. I remember when we done it around the kitchen table, maybe the YouTube and the video stuff and all of that was just another pipe dream, eh? Uh, but, but, but now it is now it is now reality, and I it's I mean you, you're sitting there in a studio, and I think that says it all. I want to be doing the studio more often, uh, but just I've I've came in the day like a night watchman, like mm-hmm. seeing the cricket there, me before the big hitter and the wordsmith Tony Haggerty appears. Eh? <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm just here protecting the wicket on a Monday, uh, well for 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 everybody. Eh? Uh, the protection of the wicket is an important job, Kev. And uh, on that note, Tony Haggerty is waiting in the wings. He's behind the curtain. He's ready for his big introduction. Here he is, Anthony Haggerty. <laughs> Welcome to the Monday Bulletin, Tony. How are you, sir? I'm all right. It's all downhill from here after that introduction from Kevin. And you know what I mean? It's, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, I never take the, the wordsmith uh, moniker seriously. It, is, it does make me laugh and chuckle, but... Uh, how are we doing, guys? All right? All good. good. But every, time, every time I hear it, Tony, I think back to the 1980s school programmes. There was a character called Wordsmith, wasn't there? I was a word there. Whenever there was a ah, dodgy word that had to be spelled out, there was a word. I'm going to have to look at that, see if there's a, a passing resemblance. He would point out apostrophes and all that and commas. That's right. What was, the, what was the paper clip called on Word? Is it no clippy or something? I can't. I, I thought that was one. Somebody in the comments that. come in. Yeah, we will talk about Celtic at some stage. Somebody <laughs> in the comments come in. Tell us what the name of that show was with Wordsmith and uh, also that we clippy guy. Clip I'm sure it was clippy. No? Or is that something to do with a bus ticket? Anyway, we'll move on. Loads to talk about. Uh, big win for Celtic against Aberdeen yesterday, but also uh, there was there was um, developments outside the stadium and inside the stadium that we are going to be touching on in relation to the actions of Police Scotland and uh, traffic wardens outside Celtic Park uh, round about the food bank collection that the Green Brigade 
do every year and Kevin correct me if I'm wrong they've done it for 15 years now I think 15 I think years so. I, I, and I do know what we're going to be talking about, and I do know the, the, the vans have been parked at the, in those exact same spot for at least four years. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, going forward, they, I, I think it is 15 years. I think yeah. they've done one every year. They were, they were formed in, Green Brigade were formed in 2006, so I think they've been doing one every year since the year that they were formed. So, yeah, aye, it would but, be we'll not go through that process again. Eh? Um, you know, calling you out on being part of the Scotland Shame banner, although maybe we should, because it's not really being called out, Kevin. Eh? It's something to be proud of. You were there. You were holding the banner. You're in all the pictures. One of the greatest banners that I've ever seen at Celtic Park. Anyway, moving on. The big game, Tony Haggerty. You watched it, uh, as you always do. You observed the game. And we're going to speak about Joe Hart, first and foremost. Uh, I think Joe Hart was a big... He played a big part in the game. And uh, afterwards, I spoke about the importance of that that kind of spine of the Celtic team at the moment. You know, you've got Hart, you've got Carter Vickers, you've got McGregor, and then the spearhead of Kyogo right through the middle. It's very strong, but really at the back of that, um, two minutes into the game, we're all having palpitations because Joe Hart went down. Didn't look as though he was going to get back up. Um, First and foremost, why was there no booking? I thought that was a booking all day long, two minutes in. Kevin Clancy needs to explain himself there. That was reckless and the definition of dangering an opponent. He's came from behind him, so Joe Hart can't even see him, and he has caught him a dullion, as they say, on the West Coast. And uh, he was down for a lengthy amount of time because he needed to be, and he had to make sure he was okay. But as you say, every Celtic supporter's heart was in their mouth, wondering, is he going to go off the park? But Kevin Clancy should have stepped in there and booked that guy right away and said, I'm not having that. Because that's out of order. That's reckless when you're dangering an opponent. How can you possibly say that's a fair and legitimate challenge for a ball? I will never know. Because it's Joe Hart's ball all day long. And he takes a clean catch and he's, he's thinking nothing of it. And then, bang. You you mean, you, you see that in the wrestling ring. You know, so it's... it's you know, so I mean, you just... And, you know, and is that... Is he working on the premise that your first one's free? Is that, is that right? Is that the case? And again, it goes in the litany of challenges against Celtic players this season that have went <laughs> unpunished. Yep. I mean, and there's a, there isn't even an argument to say that, that that could be read as well. You know, because he hurt, he hurt Joe Hart. You know, so uh, that's that's uh, the first thing I'd like to say about that. That I, You know, the Clancy should have dealt with that better, but it wasn't the, wasn't the only clanger he dropped yesterday as well. Clancy, you know, so, but Joe Hart, I mean, I, we've spoken about Joe Hart. I can't uh, speak highly enough for Joe Hart. I got uh, I got chided the other day because I said on Friday that his performance on Thursday night was bothering on superhuman. And then somebody said, ah, but he still lost three goals and yada, yada, you know. But I was talking about the things that he actually did. Mm-hmm. You know, like the double save, the save with the, the foot, all that kind of stuff, you know. Joe Hart's a wonderful goalkeeper. Celtic have won a watch with Joe Hart. But what it does do yesterday is show you that you need as good or as good as if you can get a better deputy, so be it. But I doubt that. But you need a as, as strong a goalkeeper as Joe Hart to come in if indeed he does get hurt and he has to go off. You know, and my thoughts on that are I've said it before, I, I think Xander Clark fits that bill, but I don't know if Xander Clark would be willing to play the Confederate somebody like Joe Hart. But that's just my own thoughts on that but uh, I, 
Joe Hart's contribution has been immeasurable since he came into Celtic. Absolutely immeasurable. I keep saying it that, you know, pound for pound for a million quid, it's the best money we've spent in the summer. And when I look at the situation yesterday where I agree with you, Tony. I mean, there's no, absolutely no attempt to play the ball. He's going through the boy's body um, and through the back. Uh, everything that's wrong about a challenge. Uh, but when Hart's down and he tries to get up and he goes back down and you, you can see the, the cameras looking at Bain, who is getting stripped, it, it is Hart's and mouth stuff. And, you know, I, I don't think I'm overplaying that. I'm looking at the situation. We've got six goalkeepers at the club. Um, now, two of them in Hazard and Duhan are 23 years of age. Duhan's out on loan at the moment to Tranmere Rovers. Hazard's a full Northern Irish international. We've got a full Greek international with Barkas. Um, we've got Scott Bain, of course, cap for Scotland. And we've got young Toby Iwalumo, who's an under-19 England call-up. So we've got six goalkeepers at the moment, Kev. But I do agree with Tony. Out of the other five, and by the way, I know that Toby has... You know, is fully promised, and that's the kind of goalkeeper I want to see us progressing and developing onto that bench, so that you know when the time comes, he gets his he gets his chance. But of the rest of them, I'm not I'm absolutely not convinced with the rest of them. And then it begs the question: Come January, is that something we're going to look at? Because if Joe Hart gets a Kugo type injury and he's out for a couple of weeks or a month, that's huge for Celtic. It is huge for Celtic and when Joe Hart was down yesterday and I was in the stadium, the conversation that we had, I think it was last Wednesday or, or Monday, I can't remember what day is, was in the forefront of my mind. And then right away I'm picking up on the narrative where, where people are saying Scott, Scott Bain is not good enough for Celtic and you're going, like yourself, you see him getting warmed up and that and I'm going, I'm a, I'm a bit worried here. I mean, I'm a bit worried here because I'm actually maybe jumping on this narrative that Bain isn't good enough. Bottom line is, Postacoglu is going to give him a new contract. And so if Postacoglu is giving him a new contract, then there must be something there. But I did say the other night, post-game, and I can't go back on it, that the drop-off in the standard for Joe Hart to the other goalkeepers we've got there is quite a drop-off after you've seen Hart in action. I did panic a bit yesterday when Hart went down. Um, mm. Maybe that was just the... We were already at that point seven points behind and it was just another... The game, we hadn't started the game well. The game was a bit... It was a bit messy, really, at the start of the game. And then Hart goes down, you're going, oh, no, here's something else going wrong, like earlier on in the season, like Kyogo and uh, McGregor getting injured during an international break. You're going, what else is going to go wrong? Is this just giving this game a bad, a, a bad vibe to start off with right away? Um, but will we, will we spend money on a goalkeeper in January? I extremely doubt it. I really Especially do. Especially when we've got six it. on the books. Nah, yeah, that, you know. I, I, I really doubt it. The way I look at it, whether we like it or lump it, Postacoglu thinks Scott Bain's got something to offer. He's mm. given him a new deal. And I think that says everything about the way the club are looking at it as well. Or the main man at the club's looking at it. And yeah. whatever whatever we say on this is not going to make the blind but a difference. Whatever the, whatever the narrative is within the support that Scott Bain's not good enough is not going to make a blind bit of difference because the man who actually makes these decisions says he's worth, a, he's worth another deal. 
Yeah, and you look at some of the other deals that have uh, gone out to players who divide opinion um, or, you know, I mean, Tony Ralston getting his one-year deal. Was he right? Of course he was. I mean, he's proved that time and time again. Uh, Greg Taylor's been given a, a new deal and some Celtic fans, ref- you know, weren't happy with that. Scott Bain gets a new deal. We'll see how it transpires. I just have these moments in my mind, Kev, like yourself, when I, when Joe Hart went down at the weekend, I'm thinking back to moments like Julien colliding with a post. You just you just never know throughout a season, you know, and he's out for a year. Um, and he's a massive player for us, as Joe Hart. And there was a moment, Tony, I'm going to come to you on this one first and foremost. He, he plays a ball to Abada, and it was reminiscent of the ball that he played to Forrest uh, on Thursday night. It was just brilliant. He just turned the game on its head. We, we go for the defence to attack and he plays the ball to Abada. And I was looking at that thinking to myself, this is part of that that game plan that Ange has where, you know, you've got the sweeper-keeper, as a lot of people call him. He's playing, you know, high up the park or he's playing the ball about the back. And often where there's an opportunity like there was um, on Thursday night and where there was yesterday, he's playing into the wings. And it was absolutely tremendous because you've got your opponent on the back foot. Are you now of a view which I think I may be coming round to. Uh, we're going to get a couple of clangers with this style, but it's going to be worth it when we see the goal like we've seen on Thursday night. Contrast what happened in those two moments and contrast the two the two protagonists who are out in the wing in those moments. James Forrest back in the team starting to show a bit of form. What a wonderful touch that was. not It was that touch. First of all, well, hearts pass. And it's a pass. It's not just a punt forward mm-hmm. hitting into an area. It's a pass, right? He has picked both of those guys out with, what, 70-yard diagonal? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant, right? Forrest, showboating, almost with a touch. Player confidence, whose confidence levels are up. Celtic scored a wonderful counter-attacking goal, eh, an attacking goal in Europe, right? Beautiful goal, right? They work it into the box from there, bang, bang. Four touches later, it's in the back of the, the Leverkusen net, right? What does a badder do? Right? Nothing. Right? And you contrast the two wingers and people are saying, again, a badder was brought into the team at the expense of Forrest and I get the protection with Forrest. We're protecting our asset because he is a player when he, when he turns it on, things happen. But see if I'm a badder and that's coming out the sky, that's the first thing I'm thinking about. I'm thinking a Thursday night. I'm thinking, get a touch. Let's get on the offensive here. Let's see if we can score from this. Yeah. This, is a, this is a brilliant ball coming in my direction. Nothing happens. And, it's, it's, and, and, and in microcosmic forum, the Celtic supporters are like, that's why Forrest should be in the team at the expense of a badder every week from now on in. That leads us in. That leads us right into the next subject, which is a badder. Um, and what we should do with him. You know, and He's still, Forrest is still nursing an injury, so Abada might get the shout or the nod now and again. But Abada has got to realise, having set a high bar at the start, he cannot fall below that. And if anything, watch James Forrest, watch Jota. That's how wingers should perform. You know, Jota is like you know, on, a, on another learn, level. Learn. Yeah, absolutely. I know yeah. you're young enough. Be a sponge. Just stand there and watch what they do at training. Ask, open your mouth. And I know he's came from a different uh, football culture, 
and as you want to get all that, and he did have a wee purple patch at the start, but he has regressed to the point where the Celtic supporters are, if he's in the team, they're like, oh, you know, I don't want that negativity around a, a, a first team starter for Celtic at this minute in time because things are going well, you know. So I, I just contrast those two moments, and they are chalk and cheese, aren't they? Oh, they you are. You, Definitely you, are. And it's come from the same, as you say, the same bit of football. Joe Hart hitting a pass, seventy-yard pass, and as you see, yeah, he might get caught out every now and again with it, but that's the way the manager wants it. And Joe Hart is learning as well, right? I'm looking up, and I'm I'm looking for these guys. If I get the ball, start get on your bike, start moving. I'll find you. Yeah, because I, I can. And he's proved it. I think that goal you you spoke about on Thursday night, it, it, it is something of absolute beauty. It was mm. sublime. That touch by Forrest, as soon as Forrest then lands, because he's in the air when he makes the touch, he lands and he's on the move again, back into space, gets the ball back and he keeps the, the, the move uh, going. Near the beginning of the season, Kev, when Abada was having this purple patch that Tony talks about, I was raving about the Kyogo Abada Jota, you know, the, the three up front, the three amigos, some people were calling them three amigos, thinking back to uh, the 1990s, um, three amigos that we remember well or not so well uh, in one of their cases and mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet Cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I do think he's gone off the boil, but again, I'm looking at the situation and this is something that comes quite a bit from Jim Orr. Uh, Jim's comments, and I'm asking, you know, is he a right winger? Because we've got, we have seen some brilliant play by Abada, but what I think when he's playing is that Ralston makes up a lot of his ground. Ralston does a lot of his uh, hitting the byline and getting the crosses over, um, and he seems, you know, a wee bit reluctant to to cling on to the the touchline as, as as much as like Jota, who just wants the ball. He wants to run at players. He wants to run at two players. He wants to hit the byline. He wants to get the ball over. Abada seems less keen to do that. Is he more of a central player? I know he can play uh, through the middle. And during interviews, he has suggested that that's his preferred position. Can you see a, a, a point, Kev, where we're maybe playing Abada and Forrest? It's not just as simple as one or the other. What you've got to look at with Abada, and this sometimes happens with players that come into a new country, and he's a young lad, he's only 20-year-old, he's had the initial adrenaline boost, and now he's basically, especially at home, 
we're playing against teams that just lie there like a dead corpse and do not try to do anything whatsoever. And I don't think that's in his game. Tony's Tony's right there. When when we did get that chance to break, he never took it. And that's what we really need to do at Celtic Park going forward. Wee James has got that. What I really liked about Wee James coming on yesterday was he, he actually breathed life into Ralston and Turnbull yeah. because all of a sudden he had three players on the same wavelength. And Ralston seemed more confident that he knew what Jamesy was going to do, and Turnbull felt more confident because they, they play a, when you see the right hand side, they, they play in a triangle, and that triangle wasn't there when Abada was on the pitch. And when Forrest comes on the right hand side, that actually then becomes a uh, comes dangerous to Aberdeen. Uh, I mean. I think, I think Forrest is first choice. I really do think Forrest is first choice just for the, his experience and also like he's, he's proven over years and years. I like the way that he cuts inside. I do. He takes on guys. He, he knows how to play against a packed defence, which Abada hasn't really learned yet. Abada's come from the, the Israel. Where I don't think teams are going to sit in the way they sit against Celtic. The, the weight of expectation on Abada is massive, more than what he's ever experienced before. Mm. And there's good management. And it's and, it, and we should be really thankful that we've got Forrest to come in and help the young lad and also take the pressure off him as well. I can't see what he would bring through the middle. I know Jim Orsey is something I haven't seen it yet, personally. Mm. Um, I think he... When I... When I when I look back to his earlier performances, he was knocking the he was knocking the ball back past fullbacks and going. He was going into space. He was making decent runs. He, he was showing an intelligence of movement which hasn't been there in the last couple of weeks. And it's maybe just time for him for him to actually sit out now for the next couple of games and become an impact sub. I agree with Postacoglu yesterday resting James Forrest. I really do because Forrest has been out been out for so many months this season. We need mm. to watch what we're doing with James Forrest. And we've got now ten games left between now and the between now and the winter break. Terrible. And we've got to watch what we're actually doing with the players. And I can see a bad and forest swapping every so often. Uh, a bad will start some games, Forrest will start some games because the way that Poster Coglu wants us to play, play the intensity that he wants us to play, we've got to manage our players well. And at this precise moment, we look at that bench yesterday. There wasn't much quality on that bench whatsoever that was going to come in and, and, and uh, change that game. So Poster Coglu is going to need to take risks with certain players. And that means sometimes the best option is going to need to set, sit out in certain games. And yeah. come on as an impact sub. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. So, uh, with that in mind, then looking ahead to Thursday night uh, at home against Hearts, Kev, do you rest them? Do you bring Forrest back in? You know, or is that too much uh, chopping and changing? I bring Forrest back in on on uh, on on Thursday night. Um, the reason I bring Forrest back in on Thursday night, Hearts are going to be another joyless team to come and watch, and they're just going to sit in there. It's going to need. I think we need a wee bit more guile than what Abada actually has given us in the last couple of weeks. And Forrest has got that guile. Strangely enough, you look at Tanadice, which people would actually say next Sunday's a harder game, but Abada might get a wee bit more space at Tanadice because Dundee United might come out a bit more. But this is all going to come down to 
the sports science and what the James Forrest bodies tell on the, the physios and the guys and the coaching stuff. Mm-hmm. He might be able to play the two games this week and they might look to rest them against betters the following week. So they yeah. might go, by the way, we'll give Forrest two games. The game against Betis, Abada gets up. That's the way that they might be looking at it. Because I'm sure for the 10 games that we've got left, they have planned, outlined, sketched teams for each of those games mm-hmm. going forward. And it will all be down to the, 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 the data and the stats that they're actually getting. I'm just amazed, Tony, before you came on the bulletin today, Kevin and I were harking back to the, the, I was going to say the good old days, the bad old days, I'm not quite sure, around the kitchen table when we first started a Celtic State of Mind podcasts. And Mm. at that time, I I can't remember Kevin being interested in data. And now he's got a whiteboard and everything. And uh, he talks about heat maps and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's such a turnaround in Kevin Graham's football intelligence. Um, the catrification of Kevin Graham has been astonishing. Love it. Love um, it. We're talking about wingers. Um, we've got Jota on the left. What a, a brilliant performance once again. Outstanding. We all know we need to sign him. We don't have to talk about that. He hits the post in 82 minutes. It was a tremendous chance that he created. Uh, and I, I know you get criticised when you compare players and everything else, but even before we came on a day, I'm looking at clips. I'm looking at dribbling clips of... David Ginola or David Ginola um, and I do recall him almost signing for Celtic back in 95 where he left PSG uh, and lo and behold his first game for Newcastle who he decided to sign for was against Celtic at Celtic Park we later in the season played his former club PSG and I remember at that time thinking it was one of the best European sides I'd ever seen at Celtic Park they beat us 3-0 that night and Patrice Loco scored a couple of goals I think Jurkaev scored um, and they beat us one nothing away from home. But the reason I'm going on about Ginola is he does remind me of Jota. He does. And I think that when I'm looking at uh, the amount of times Jota gets that ball meaningfully into the box, and I don't think we've got anybody there to, to scoop it up. Um, I mean, I keep banging on about the stats against Livy, but, you know, 20 crosses into the box and a half times four equals no goals. 80 crosses, no goals. Um, and I don't think we've got a striker. I've not seen enough yet from Yakamakis Tony, to suggest that he is that man. And I'm not looking to get a striker so we can change our style. Because you don't have to change your style. We're already um, demonstrating that we're putting that kind of service into the box. We just don't have a striker on the end of it. Is someone like that um, on the shopping list for Ange, do you think? Should be. Because Kyogo has played a hell of a lot of football. Mm-hmm. We need, like Kevin was saying, you, you need to protect your assets. But also, you needs must as well for the next 10 games. You've got to play your strongest teams. You need to win. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. So, and I get that. And I think the better games are one where guys will get a rest. A dead rubber. Peter is a dead rubber. You know, and uh, give guys that are needing, in desperate need of a rest a rest. That's what you do. In, the, in this hectic period coming up, you have to go with your strongest. And if James Forrest has to feature more than a badder, then I think the Celtic supporters will, will cope with that and they'll be quite happy with that, you know. Uh, but I get there's a duty of care to Forrest to make sure that you don't do anything silly with him. But his hand's forced a wee bit, and isn't it? But on the subject of Jota, I mean, he's just a joy to watch, isn't he? He, he can do more or less everything, can't he? And the goal yesterday as well, the goal's brilliant. 
Turnbull, mm-hmm. McGregor, Jota. It's a, it's a brilliantly crafted goal. Mm-hmm. It's a, and it's the way you break down stubborn defences who can't play against you. That's that's how you do it. And also as well, if you touch on McCarthy's pass for the the which the incident that led to the second goal, fortuitous as it was, McCarthy's pass to Abada is is sensational. It's a brilliant pass. That's how Celtic will break down teams. They have to probe away and probe away because they've got it in their locker and they can and they can all find it. And they they've got quality there and that quality is led by the likes of Jota mm-hmm. and McGregor. And, you know, people are talking about that Kyogo's no scored the last couple of games, but I tell you what, what a nuisance he is. An absolute nuisance. He does not give anybody a rest. And the problem with, not the problem, but the one thing about Kyogo, Kyogo needs players like Tom Rogic and Jota to find him. Mm-hmm. McGregor, you know, because he's constantly on the move so they need that quickness of thought sharpness of the brain and the mind in midfield or, or attacking areas only only certain few footballers have that and there's ones that I've named Roger's got it McGregor's got it Yota's got it you know to link with Kyogo that kind of thing so but it's knitting together nicely mm-hmm. and Yota is a major major player in all of this and as you say it's a, it's a no brainer about signing him isn't it but also the fact that he seems to be loving it, he's grasped the nettle very quickly, and uh, he is, you know, a lot of people might say that, uh, he, that looking at him when he first came in, he might be a sand dancer or a luxury player. Jota's putting in shifts right, left, and centre. He knows what it means. You know, even in the Dundee United game, I think he rattled the woodbuck three times, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Through no lack of trying to to get that breakthrough goal to get you the win. So I've been impressed with his work rate as well. You know, even as the weather's turning to cold day yesterday, the guy who comes from Sunny Acclines was a star man. Yeah. You're right. So can, can he do it in a cold day in November against Aberdeen? <laughs> I can, actually. Yeah. Can Absolutely. It, can you do it against Beacon City in a cold cup tie in February? I probably can, actually. I would, hope no, I would hope no if I have a duty to care. I didn't want to be anywhere near Glebe Park on a January Scottish Cup tie. <laughs> that's, that's very true, Kevin. But, uh, I'm glad you really. said that. I'm glad you said it, Tony, because it goes back to the David Ginola link. Because yeah. that was a conversation. Aye. Because there's a, a great quote in one of Richard Purden's books. He wrote a series of books, Kev, you'll remember them. Um, we Are Celtic Supporters. Mm-hmm. Faithful right. through and through was the second one. It was in one of the first couple of books, mm. and he he gets an interview with Willie Hockey, who I think at that time was just Willie Hockey before <laughs> he was uh, the uh, the Sir and the Lord Hockey. He was Willie Hockey, and he was talking about actually being in the meeting with Fergus, Tommy Burns, and David Junola, who had come up supposedly to sign for Celtic, and McCann uttered the, the immortal line, Tony. Yeah, you know, can he do it on a Tuesday night at Brockville? It was, yeah. um, and Willie's kicking him under the table to try and get him to shut up because Janola wanted to sign for Celtic, uh, and of course the rest is history. And he, is he not in the jungle? He finally got to the jungle, didn't he? Yeah. So, 
it's a, it's, a, it's a Welsh castle, Paul. It's not really the it's not really the jungle, eh? But that, that's my, my my wife and my daughter watch it, and I keep on going. I keep on going. He nearly signed for Celtic, that guy. He nearly signed for Celtic, that boy. And is I think it's still fair. in the jungle. I've not seen any of the footage, mate. I've not. It's, watched in, a, it. it's in a Welsh castle now because obviously they can't go to Australia with right. COVID. So it's in a Welsh castle. Joking. And I tell I tell you one thing. You still, if I had a body like that, I'd be walking about with my top off all the time as well. His age, man. He still looks. He still looks like he could actually play. Oh, he does. Yes, very well kept. Who's the name of the program? To I'm a Celtic player. Get me out of here, then. <laughs> I'm a Celtic player. <laughs> I'm a Celtic player. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I thought you were gone. I thought you were actually going to say that you could see Yota on I Am a Celebrity in ten years' time. That's where I thought you were gone earlier on. Can see that. In fact, probably less than that. It'll not be ten years. I mean, the the boy is. Uh, he's got everything, doesn't he? he makes you sick. Don't he really? Because he's uh, he's just a handsome young dude and get the world at his feet and he's a wonderful footballer and yeah. And he didn't even point out on the Christmas advert that Greg Taylor wasn't actually playing a chord on the guitar. <laughs> I mean, that's, that annoyed me as well. Attention to detail, Kev. I know. But if you're talking detail. about, I, I'm a Celt, get me out of here. I think Barkas is probably the top of that list. <laughs> um, he Aye. wants to get out of the jungle uh, without ha- a doubt. Him and Ball and Golly. Ah, yes, Ange Hale's inspirational captain is part of the tagline. And we are, of course, talking about Callum McGregor. The question that ended up in most of the reports after the game came from our very own Laura Bradburn, who was talking to Ange Postacoglu after the game and asked about the uh, impressive uh, performances of Callum McGregor. I think he's one of the guys, Tony, that if you think about players who need a rest, you know, you like the likes of Joe Hart, who we've already mentioned, Cameron Carter Vickers, Tony Ralston, Callum McGregor, Kyogo, they're playing every week. And it would be nice, just probably the best game, as Kev says, you know, it's a dead rubber. Give them a rest in a game like that at home. Yeah. Although, you know, we are playing good opposition. Yeah. Uh, we've got to look at the, the players. What is it about Callum McGregor's performances this season? that are so improved from last year because it's like night and day, Tony. Do you know what? I, I, some people who, when they're handed the captain's armband, might have regressed or shrunk. Callum's grown with the armband. He's puffed his chest out and said, I'm not Scott Brown, and I'll show you why I'm not Scott Brown. And he has. But he's learnt so much from him, hasn't he? And the fact that he was missing for that period... Uh, earlier in the season, we, we missed him so much, you know, and I, and I was probably one of them that maybe doubted his captain credentials, but my goodness, <laughs> well, what's there to doubt? He's just, you, you do run out of superlatives to describe him. Do you know the problem with Callum McGregor? I say problem, it's uh, he's raised the bar so high, right, in his personal performances that he's an eight, nine, eight stroke nine a 10 player every week mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Right, every week, and he plays every week, mm-hmm. and he is shattered, but he still gives his all, and you know he always makes a vital and a telling contribution. And see, sometimes when he maybe not on it, he's still a seven or an eight player. What a what a asset that is. Yet people will home in on that and say Callum wasn't very good tonight. You know, you're just like, oh come on, you know he is. The fulcrum of that team, we thought we'd find that hard to replace Scott Brown and get a personality like that or, you know, a, a vital cog in the green and white machine in that area. Callum McGregor's that man, and my goodness, he has grasped that mantle and he is now, as I said before, the, the beating heart of that team has transferred from Brown to Callum McGregor and uh, he, he certainly is. And you, you know someone's value, you only know someone's value when he's not there. And we missed Callum McGregor when he was when he wasn't there for that spell earlier in the season, and we dread to think what would happen if he was to get injured again. You know, touch wood, it doesn't happen. But you, you know, he's he's irreplaceable at this moment in time in the in the Celtic team. And again, going back to what Kevin said, you want to protect that too. Mm-hmm. You don't want to overplay him. But we're in a needs must situation until such times when we get more more person more personnel and it's that it's that strength and depth issue again isn't it mm-hmm. which makes which makes January really imperative Celtic really need to rip up the phone book of the past in the January window and really have a rip and say look we need four or five players in various positions so I can turn around and say Callum have a rest yes have a rest it's vital to a rest when it's not forced absolutely right. it's vital to your well-being here so that's why January becomes vitally important. And you know who knows that more than MD? The manager. Mm-hmm. And he'll be stressing that. I think he, he was at, at one point he said in the season, maybe I wasn't forceful enough about players. He'll be forceful enough in the January window because he's got a, a he's got he's got a good hand to play here. You know? And if they trust him, they the board will back him and let him do the things that he's planning for Celtic moving ahead. Yeah. And he's proved, you know, with a lack of resources at times, what he can do. Yeah. So if you give him the tools, you yeah. know, I just think that uh, we are in for, uh, you know, we're in for a successful season. You look at Callum McGregor, Kevin, and I've spoke about this before. He's a player who didn't make his debut for Celtic until he was 21. Um, in the last, he's in his eighth season as a first team player at Celtic Park. In the last seven seasons, on average, for Celtic, he's played 47 games in a season. If he had his international appearances on top of that, he's averaging 50 games a season. Uh, Mr. Consistency, uh, without, an, uh, without a doubt. And before he got that debut by uh, from Ronnie Dyla, who, who threw him in for the European qualification rounds, um, you know he'd been out at uh, loan at Notch County and he almost left. Celtic were prepared to allow him to leave for Carlisle United. And the, it would have been a nominal fee, two or three hundred grand. And he's he's basically developed into this player that Tony describes. He's indispensable to Celtic at this moment in time, Kev. But last season, I would suggest, by the way, I take it 
on board that it was many players' worst season in a Celtic jersey. But last season, he was a completely different beast, wasn't he? It was, but then there was an awful lot of players the completely different beasts last season in that dressing room. And I think it was more to do with the malaise that sur- surrounded the football club. And it's very easy behind sight now to actually look back and say there was guys in that dressing room that didn't want to be there. It didn't matter how much of an inspirational captain that you actually are. If you've got guys who have actually checked out, you're not going to get a tune out of them. He's now playing with players who some of them are making their first forays into from youth football into and a competitive a, a competitive league like Yota. He must love playing with guys like Yota, guys who have got a speedness of thought, speedness of ability, and the way that Ange Postacoglu is trying to get him to play as well. They've got a manager there who they've all seem to bought all seem to have bought into, and it's a new dressing room as well, and. The new dressing room brings new characters and there seems to be a good balance in that dressing room character-wise, player-wise, but as I say, there is still a lack of depth actually there. Uh, with Callum, I think he's the only midfielder that ticks every box that Postacoglu is looking for in a midfielder. He's the only one. There's a, a, I, see, I see Turnbull now actually running on empty and... If you're looking at one in the midfield who is desperately needing a rest, it's Turnbull. Mm. Um, he just against Leverkusen and and again yesterday, he, he's just looking tired and he needs a rest. But again, we haven't got that strength or depth yet to get to give him that wave. Whereas McGregor just seems to be a force of nature with his absolute energy. It's really weird when we talk about Scott Brown. Scott Brown seemed to just have that natural energy where he could play 40, 50 games a season. He could be out for weeks and come back and actually look match, like completely match fit after being out like for five or six games. I remember speaking to Gary Caldwell when he played for Celtic about Scott Brown and Gary Caldwell called him a freak of nature. Mm-hmm. He says the guy is a freak of nature. He says you would come back at the end of like for pre-season, and he says you know that Bruni wouldn't have done nothing. He says, but he was still at the front. He was still fitter than absolutely everybody on and like on the and on the training pitch. He says he just had this natural fitness and energy. And Callum McGregor seems to seems to have got that as well for some bizarre reason. Uh, maybe it's something in the DNA at Celtic. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure. But I think McGregor's enjoying his football again. And that is a simple answer. To it. I think there, there's a lot of guys who were there yeah. last season are now enjoying their football again. And again, that doesn't make for good podcasting, but I just think that's a simple answer. They're enjoying Listen. it. They're enjoying it, and you can tell with Callum McGregor, you know, involved in the first goal. Um, you know, a great wee dink by Turnbull involved in the first goal, scores the second. What part of his anatomy it hit, I'm not quite sure. But you're talking about being in the DNA. I can tell you it's not every fight for Kev that can go out on a Saturday night and eat a kebab and have uh, eight or nine pints and then turn up for training on a Monday. But Scott Brown can do that. Um, I mean, the other player that I think about, and you were there, Kev, when Chris Sutton mentioned this, so he spoke about Henrik Larson in the same kind of vein. 
And he said that, you know, if all the players would go away on pre-season and they would go for family holidays and, you know, if Chris Sutton, for example, had a meal and a couple of drinks the next day, he would need to get up and go for a run down the beach, you know, just to keep himself ticking over. And they would all come back a wee bit overweight and some people a big bit overweight and Larson would just, you know, saunter in looking as fit as a fiddle having done nothing over the, the pre-season campaign. <laughs> and there's just some people who have that um, natural fitness. Uh, I certainly am not one of them. Thank you to everybody who is getting involved in the comment section. You are tuning in on various platforms and we are planning this week. It's a busy week planning the big Axon Charity Weekend. And there's a few more announcements coming out as to some of the, what do they call them nowadays, Kev? Is it a collab? That we're doing is it a collab? I'm out of touch. I don't know collaborations. I used to collaborations. Call them. And there's um, there's about a dozen Celtic platforms who will be taking over the airwaves on Axom over the weekend. But as well as that, we've also got some other content that we've uh, recorded, and that will go out as pre-recorded, fully produced material. Uh, for example, we spoke to Tony Curran last week. We'll be talking to another Excelt. This week, that's all go, going to go out this weekend. And other shows like uh, the one just over Kev's head, Screamadelica, we have our very own version of it, Screamacelica. It was a creation of Kevin and I some time ago, Kevin, well over a year ago. We started doing that as an audio podcast. You now have it as a fully produced uh, series. But there will be a very special Screamacelica uh, going out on the weekend. So get involved. We're going to be announcing at some point today, probably later on in the day, who the, the sole beneficiary of any funds we raise is going to be. And I'm sure everybody will be happy with that. So how's it going, guys? Uh, throw us some comments. And Paddy, should Callum McGregor get Rear of the Year? Is that because it hit him on the backside before it went in? Um, I mean, we have seen it in the past. Maracic could trap a ball with his rear end. But if we're talking about Rear of the Year at Celtic, it's got to go to James Forrest. I've already decided that on a previous show. Um, so if you've got any comments, get uh, commenting on YouTube and Facebook, Twitter, Twitch and LinkedIn, and we'll uh, have a selection of them coming through. What do you think of the decision by the authorities yesterday to get in about the food bank collection? I've seen a lot of that coming through as we were on. Uh, the actual match day coverage, Kev. Uh, so we'll have a wee chat about that as well. The Green Brigade organise a food bank every year, a food bank collection that is, every year at Celtic Park. Anyone in the comments can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's been running for about 15 years and it's a very successful kind of pre-Christmas event. Yesterday, there was a bit of bother because the police were... Uh, continually coming to question the uh, location uh, of the vans who were that were required to obviously store the goods in. Um, Kevin, you informed me that the vans are sitting on the same locations that they have been on over the last four years, and it was all prearranged with the club. The police claimed it was a complaint from the club, and the club says otherwise. Anyway, this resulted in four tickets getting um, issued to four vans by traffic wardens. And uh, on... One of the coldest days of the year when Celtic fans are basically uh, collecting food for the most underprivileged people within our communities. I'm going to come over to yourself first of all, Kevin. What's your thoughts on this this situation? And um, is there a backstory to this? Why why now? Why is the police um, going in studs up on uh, this food bank collection now? Uh, if you were... Of course there's a backstory, and if you wanted to put the two plus two to get four together, you'd say the backstory is Mr Bernard Higgins. 
And the the Green Brigade were harassed yesterday. They were targeted yesterday, just the same that they've been targeted for targeted for the fifteen years they've been in existence. Just the same reason that the Offensive Behaviour Act was 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 a fire through Parliament was to target Celtic fans and to target this certain group of Celtic fans. Now they're sitting there collecting tons of food for a charity in the East End of Glasgow. The vans are getting the vans are getting filled, then driving away and coming back to get more food in bags, and it's not as if they're causing a, an obstruction or anything like that. So for the first time in four years. The, the, the vans have been sitting there, two police turn up and start causing them hassle. And and over the last six weeks, what's been happening over the last six weeks? Well, we've been having a go at their commander. We've been having a go at a Mr Bernard Higgins. Mm-hmm. We've been telling them that a Mr Bernard Higgins is not welcome at our football club. And, of course, for me, I think it's linked. I think it's certainly linked. And it's wrong. I mean, you actually have a look at. I don't want to. I don't want to get into what about it here or, or anything like that. But you look at the way that two the two sets of ultras are managed in Glasgow. One of them gets police escorts. The other one gets tickets. Yep. The other one. One of them gets a police escort, and in the city centre, the other ones get kettled. It is blatant what they're actually doing. It's a harassment of young men and women. Who are who are very passionate about what they do, and it's utterly ridiculous. And I hopefully Celtic go to town on them. I want. Well, that's, I want my, that's my question. Yeah, how how are Celtic going to respond to this? But again, how are Celtic going to respond to the fact that just a week ago there was a letter with now over two hundred and fifty signatories on it, Kev, from big. Celtic associations, affiliations, supporters groups, podcasts, online um, blogs, trusts, collectively representing tens of thousands of Celtic fans. And they've written a letter to the CEO of the club to say, we don't want Bernard Higgins anywhere near Celtic Football Club. The fact of the matter is, um, there's been no disruption by the authorities for one of these food banks previously. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong on that. So it all seems a bit unusual, Kev, that um, that has happened. Do you think the best case scenario would be that Higgins has been told he's not getting a job on the I back of ho- the, the 250 plus signatories? I would hope he's been told that he's not getting the job. If the Celtic board needed any other indication of the feeling amongst the rank and file, yesterday there was a point about 70 odd minutes when a chant went up, stand up if you hate Higgins, and 90% of the stadium stood up, including them in the comfy seats in the, in, in the main stand. They all stood up and turned round to the board. So there is a massive, massive uh, swell of support against Bernard Higgins. And when you see that yesterday, for something that's happened for years and years, they suddenly become targeted. Yep. May, let me go and get my tinfoil hat on and fire a conspiracy theory. Aye, it's all done to, it's all done to Bernard Higgins. There's no such to, thing as a coincidence. No, definitely not. It's all down to Bernard Higgins. And I fear for the Celtic travel and support going forward of Higgins if this is if, if this is like all down to the, the, the abuse that well 
us being against Bernard Higgins get, getting the job because the rank and file who travel up and down the brain for the country are going to have it hard over the next couple of months. Yeah, and, and you know, if it is a reaction to um, the 250 signatories and the recent protest, Kev, then I think that's abysmal and I think that the club need to come out and respond uh, to both these situations, which uh, could well be linked, uh, Tony. And, you know, we would much rather talking about the, the, the free-flowing, never-boring um, Glasgow Celtic. However, these issues are ongoing. And as long as the club don't make a statement or don't make a response, we're going to talk about it. There's going to be more protests. I mean, the Green Brigade had a sit-in after the game yesterday, another protest, and quite rightly so. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Paul, my overriding emotion yesterday was one of utter, utter sadness. When did doing good become a bad thing? Mm. Right? I'll tell you something, for the last two years on Christmas Day, I've helped out at a homeless unit, right? I've given out food, dinner to the poor, uh, and people who, one was held in the Clutherne, one was held in another venue, you know? And it's the most humbling thing ever, right? And you have a certain section of fans who, there's a public perception out there about the Green Brigade and various other factions, within the Celtic Ultras, call them what you like. But one thing they do is do good things. And that food bank uh, collection and charity collection is a good thing. How can anybody wade in and go studs up on something like that? I, I, one, it's appalling, and two, it just grips you with utter sadness, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yep. Because Celtic, it's the very foundation of Celtic. That cuts to the core of Celtic. You know, to provide meals, to provide food for those less needy and those less fortunate. It's the founding principles of the club. And you have this body of men or, or women or from an organisation in Scotland with some kind of directive to target these and to fine people, to fine people, issue £60 fines. You know, it, it, um, honestly, I... Utterly incredulous. I can't really add anything to the narrative that Kevin has said because you're joining dots here in two and two are making four. Yep. But and the feelings are high about this and they're strong and the tensions are high. And again, I say to the people at the top of the football club, read the mood music. You know, we are on the cusp, on the path of something very special happening, possibly very special. Do not, you know do something that could derail anything, that any good that's happening on the park, right? Do not derail this, you know, but honestly, uh, you know, see see if you can't look at that and say that's a good thing that was happening yesterday, then I really don't know what planet you inhabit. I'm sorry. Well, this, this is the thing. There was a lot of people on, on Twitter, uh, Tony, saying, 
but that's the law. That you know, just tunnel vision. There is such a thing in law called discretion, where you know the authorities can use their common sense under a certain specific set of circumstances. And yesterday, that was a set of circumstances where they had to use their discretion. Yeah. They didn't have to. I mean, listen, you're talking. <laughs> I remember one time, I, Kev, I parked my car right. Kev will know this because I'm the worst driver in the planet, right? <laughs> I parked my car somewhere around about Celtic Park. This is going back a few years. And I lost it. I lost my car. So I went into the game, honestly, right? Went into my game. And uh, after the game, I was with a couple of mates for a while, in and around the ground. And then I've walked up by which time the crowds have dispersed, right? Because normally you just go with a crowd and there's your motor and away you go. And I could not find my car. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I should have taken a photograph of the street sign or something. It's gone. It's completely disappeared. And I'm wandering about Parkhead for about an hour before I eventually phoned the cop shop and said, uh, I think my car's been stolen. But it hadn't been stolen. It had been lifted because it was in a no parking zone. Um, and I paid my fine and got it back out of some <laughs> impounded yard, etc. And uh, that's one thing. And I can laugh about it now. This, right, is a ridiculous set of circumstances where uh, I think the police have been told to get in about their mints, which is one of their favourite sayings, Kev. Um, and they can do that, uh, you know, situation if and when it suits the person who's in charge. And, you know, the club need to come out and offer some kind of clarity on the Bernard uh, uh, Higgins situation because it's going to get, it's going to continue. It's not going to go away. The club can't bury their head in the sand as they did with uh, the previous protests. And then they came out saying that we're going to have a review, uh, the results of which we've never seen. They can't bury their head in the sand with this one. It's not going to go away. Um, now, this is a wee bit of a personal one because before the game, I was banging on about James McCarthy. Tony Haggart, you've already mentioned James McCarthy. He got his fourth start in a Celtic jersey. Uh, yesterday, it's his 12th appearance for Celtic. We were talking, he's now 31, we were talking about the fact that he had to make an impact. There had to come this point, you know, he's been given a four-year deal. He needs to make an impact. Beaton has been the preferred choice as the number six, the holding midfield player but he's injured, McCarthy comes in. Do you think, Kevin, he made enough of an impact against Aberdeen? I think it's a difficult game to measure his impact um, because a bit like beat on in that position against teams that are sitting deep, sometimes their cool calmness and the fact that they seem to slow play down gets the, the, the certain sections of the crowd a little bit restless. Especially, I mean, I heard the first shout against James McCarthy yesterday after 90 seconds. <laughs> I mean, and that, that, that is just a narrative that's been peddled on social media and that I don't think there's a body of evidence yet to say James McCarthy's been a success or a failure. I don't think there's a, uh, sufficient evidence to actually say that. Did he do anything wrong yesterday? No. Did he create? Yes, he created for Kyogo for the second goal. I find it very difficult, but I think the narrative's already been written by a vast majority of Celtic fans about James McCarthy that he's not good enough, that he's that he's an injury-prone dud and he'll never do, and whoever gave him the contract should be chased out of dodge. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. Anne, seems to, Anne came out after the game yesterday and says, ah, got, that's his first 90 minutes. 
that is his first 90 minutes in a Celtic jersey. He done okay. He's going to get up to speed and we are going to need every player in the squad over the next 10 games. That says to me that he is going to get games. I'm not going to judge him on a, on a game against Aberdeen. Um, I mean, he came on against St. Johnson and everybody says it was a, his best 20 minutes in a Celtic jersey. He came on for 20 minutes against Leverkusen and everybody, everybody wanted to hang him. Then he plays 90 minutes yesterday and people again are just going like that. No, no, no. Eh, no, he's, he's no good enough. He won't do. Bring back Beaton. I never saw him do anything yesterday that Beaton didn't do against Livingston. Didn't do against St. Johnson. Mm. It's just that that type of player, sometimes against teams that are sitting deep, just doesn't impress. Just doesn't seem to do enough. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in a Celtic jersey, then I'll make my mind up. Yeah, I mean, Tony, there's no doubting. Uh, you just need to look at his career. The ability of the man, the biggest concern, obviously, is the injury worries that he's had. A lot of Celtic fans don't think he was an Ange-type player, uh, which was unusual, obviously, to be giving him a four-year deal with that set of circumstances. But I look at some of the games that he's played, and I thought against St. Johnston, he was a... Other than the, the, the dodgy pass back, I thought he had a very good game uh, for the minutes that he played. He, he's played against Wraith Rovers, created a goal. He played against Aberdeen, was part of the creation of that goal. He was unlucky against Dundee United because he was kicked off the park. Uh, it's been a wee bit stop-start, Tony. Are you viewing McCarthy as being someone who could end up being a first pick or is he just going to be a very useful player with his experience uh, throughout the season to call upon when your first picks aren't available. No, I think McCarthy has to make a vital contribution and will make a vital contribution. He had a good game yesterday. I, I can't... I'm not, what did you um, give him, Tony? I know that you give... Give him a seven. Give him a seven. You no, know, because like Kev, I don't think he did much wrong. He was involved in the incident that led to the, the winning goal with, a, with a, a lovely slide rule pass. It was a beautiful pass, right? Now, granted... I didn't feel under any threat or pressure from Aberdeen with McCarthy there. He kept things nice and tidy and effective and simple. And as Kevin said, I think McCarthy's answering screws as the game wore on. And he realised when Forrest came on that he had an outlet to get the ball to as well, him and Turnbull, and something could happen from that. So I, I actually thought he, he was decent yesterday. You know, I, you know, when people have, have had their career stopped by injury and illness... You know, you can't underestimate, you know, the amount of game time that they lose, their sharpness, their match fitness, and it takes a while to get all of that back. And you only get it back by playing, you know. So the bit parts here and there, were good. I was just delighted that he, he got a full 90 minutes yesterday. Yeah. He showed, you know, he showed, every, he showed everybody that he can play 90 minutes. So that dispels that myth right away. Oh, he's a, can he last 90 minutes? No, he can. Right? And he has got a wealth of experience and he's played in the Premier League in England for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, there's, there's one there. That's exactly, you know. So, he has vital attributes to bring. I think the Celtic supporters just wanted to see it sooner or thought they'd signed the, you know, the, the full package. You know, but bearing in mind, yeah, I get that he's 31 and all that, but this guy can play till he's 33, 34, easy. You know, but once he gets up to full speed, 
full match fitness, which is coming, because he obviously lasted a 90 yesterday, and he made a couple of telling contributions. So I want I want uh, Jane McCarthy to now build on that. I want next week for him to be an eight, or the next game he plays for him to be an eight, and then kind of, you know, a, a steady trajectory, give us a steady performances of eights, because we will need them. And I, I, like you, think he will come good. You know, you have to be patient with certain footballers. This guy's missed a lot of football through injury and illness, you know, so you, you have to be wary of, you no, know, uh, putting them in too early and them having another setback. Mm. You know, so yeah. I'm willing to persevere with him, but he, he, he's he's not shown me anything that I don't think will be an asset moving forward. Uh, I don't look at McCarthy and think, why are we giving him a four-year deal? He, he will make a, a telling contribution. And like Kevin says, we'll, we need every player going now. He's the kind of player that once he is fully up and running and firing on all cylinders, then you might be able to rest the likes of McGregor. Mm. Like that, because you trust him. You know, we're working towards that. And if Ange thinks he, he was good enough to play 90 minutes yesterday and he trusted him, and bearing in mind that was a must-win game yesterday, yeah, what happened in the afternoon, early in the afternoon, with Rangers winning. The manager trusts him, so I'm going with the manager in this. He's methodical. He knows what he's doing. So I think McCarthy could have a big a big role in the future moving forward. Yeah, I agree with that. Kev, what's your thoughts? I mean, you look at that yesterday, Tony, after about 70 minutes, the game dropped to Walton pace. Mm, and that, and that mm. wasn't like... That was... Obviously, an instruction from the side, but it was also an instruction to go like that. See if we can drag Aberdeen out. We're now mm-hmm. 2 1 up. See if we can drag them out. And McCarthy was quite comfortable standing on the ball going, Well, you just come to me and I'll try I'll try and play the balls over the top. Mm-hmm. And that is something I think the Celtic fans didn't know. Look, I didn't know what was getting with James McCarthy, but I think you just see English Premier League, you expect them to come up here and utterly boss it. Yeah. And there's circumstances why he haven't done that. But the type of James McCarthy we're getting is not the James McCarthy that left Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, who yeah. was box to box, who was busy. Yeah. He, he hasn't been that player for years. He's a guy who seems to be a pivot, who sits there, will dictate play, and every so often he'll play a pack pass. See, Alan Morrison's coming through to me already. already. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll play a pass like he played to Kyogo. Yeah, that that's what he's going to do. And yesterday, for the last twenty five minutes, for the last twenty minutes, he was he was he controlled the tempo of that game. They found I've, really doing much. I've said his influence grew. Yeah, the, the longer the game went on, and it did, and it was telling in the last twenty minutes because I felt quite comfortable seeing that game out. At no mm-hmm. point until Jovanovic has his moment of intervention did I think that Aberdeen would equalise. You know, and that was largely down to you say the walking pace nature of the game and Celtic having that element of control of which McCarthy was uh, a pivotal part of that. So It's an interesting point, Kev. We'll come back to it, I'm sure, during the season where we, we look upon the, the and system as being attack, attack, attack. Well, actually, when you look at that last 20 minutes of the game against Aberdeen, it wasn't as much like that. And I, I think Stephen Welsh was playing at that kind of pace as well. They were quite happy just to retain possession, like you say, and try and um, draw Aberdeen out so that we can look for spaces and pockets of space behind them. But listen, 
we only got through three or four subjects, which is always the way uh, once we start talking about Celtic, Tony Haggerty. Um, but I really enjoyed that. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. There's going to be loads of announcements this week in relation to the charity weekender. I'm hoping as many of you as possible can join us. We will be going right through the game. So the game will become a watch along. Um, we'll not be doing it sitting here. We'll be doing it out at the bar. If you want to see what it's going to look like, go into the YouTube channel and have a look at the Oasis show that Kevin and I did earlier on. Uh, in the month because on that show we were going live but we're doing it through the camera network rather than the live streamer so it's a much better vibe and uh, everybody can get involved we're going to have quite a few podders coming into the old uh, studio Kev uh, visiting the studio Mm -hmm. for the first time and I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere and we will raise as much as we possibly can for a very, very good cause, which will be announced very soon. So thank you, everybody, for getting involved in the comments section. And thank you once again to Kevin Graham and to Tony Haggerty for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details it's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. Network.